Well, good morning, everybody. That was weak. We're going to do that again, y'all. I need some encouragement. Good morning, everybody. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, college students. Thank you for always having my back. I appreciate y'all. For those who I do not know, my name is Nick, and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at New Vision, and it is good to be with you. And for those watching online, we are glad that out of all the places you could be, you decide to worship with family today. We have been in a series over the last few weeks going through the book of Proverbs, and it has been some really really strong weeks. I have learned a lot. I have taken a lot of notes, and I am working on applying all the things that we are learning on this journey. Because if we just come and hear a word but don't walk out the word, then what's the point? And so hopefully we will continue to walk together and reflect the king better as we continue to walk. Now, I really enjoyed last week's sermon. If you weren't here, you should go back and watch it. It was that awkward Sunday sermon. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, did he just say that out loud? Okay. Um, We even gave you a PG-13 rating. Let's go. I loved it. Um, I loved most of it because there was a part that I did not love. And it was when Brady was talking about tight clothing. (laughs) See, I'm a man that wears skinny pants because they're stretchy. And so when he was talking, I felt like he was looking at me. You ever felt that way when you look at like, preacher, stop looking at me. That's how I felt. And so this week, I was like, you know what? I, I love the way that he presented the word. I feel like it came from a place and overflow of his heart. I'm going to take those things to heart. I'm going to do something differently this week. So I went to the store this week, and uh, I walked in, and I first I stopped at the skinny pants section. I said, not today, devil, not today. And I went to the next section in the next fit, which was called slim. So today I'm wearing slim pants, everybody. (laughs) Not skinny pants. Yes, come on. I am on the journey. I'm on this sanctification journey. One day, who knows where I'll end up. My pants will be real baggy. Probably not. But I had a buddy who was sitting in the balcony uh, during the first service, and he was like, hey, Nick, uh, maybe you should get some Carhartt pants. (laughs) Listen. Praise God if you wear Carhartt pants. I'm not there yet. Maybe when I get the glory, you'll see me and be like, Nick, nice pants. But I'm not there today, y'all. Um, maybe one day. But here's the deal. Here's what I loved about the way that Brady presented that message is I do feel like it came from a place where he just was inviting, in, inviting us in on this journey. He was inviting us to walk a different way, to fix our eyes on the king, and to walk in step with the king. And the way in which he addressed it, I thought, was so well done. Every Sunday before I come to church, I always stop at Starbucks. And what Brady talked about and the way he presented, it kind of reminded me of the cup of coffee I get every Sunday morning. Stay with me. Some of y'all are like, oh, my gosh, what does this have to do with anything? But here's the thing. Whenever I go to Starbucks, I always get a venti dark roast with steamed sweet cream. Now, some of you in this place are like, Nick, the only way to drink coffee is black coffee. You're like, and I would say, praise God for you. I'm not there yet. And here's what I love about the steamed sweet cream. It just makes all bitterness. It just makes all the stuff maybe you don't want to taste with coffee go away, and it covers it with something that is good. It is still coffee. It is still caffeinated, but it is able to go down even better. Sometimes that is the way we have been invited to use our words. No less true, but they are married with truth and love. See, for me... I don't always use my words to build up. 
I don't always leverage my words to reflect my heart that should be reflective of my Savior. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, I will let whatever it is I'm thinking just come out of my mouth. And can I tell you, that does not end up well. You've been there too, where you've allowed your words to get ahead of your mind and your heart, and it does not end in a very good place. Well, here's what is true. Jesus addresses this. Solomon's going to address this, and he's going to talk about the power of our words. And as we navigate this, I want us to understand that we are not just talking about behavior modification, because that's temporary. We are talking about heart transformation, because we need for our hearts to be transformed and other for our words to follow suit. And here's what is true about words. They are either going to build up or tear down. There is no such thing as a neutral word. It either is going to bring life or it's going to bring death. Jesus was having a conversation with some religious people and they were bothered by him and his disciples because they were eating what was deemed unclean. And these Sadducees and religious people were like, listen, they're going to become unclean because of what they're eating. And Jesus is going to flip the script and he's going to share some knowledge and he's going to go a little bit deeper and he's going to peel back what is really behind this. And in Matthew chapter 15, verse 15, it says this, Peter said, explain the parable to us. Verse 16, are you still so dull? Jesus asked him, I love Jesus, y'all. He's like, Peter, are you not listening? Do you not understand the words coming out of my mouth? And Peter's like, I don't. Can you break it down? Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? See, Jesus is giving us a digestive message right there, right? He's like, you know, what you put in your mouth, it comes out. We're not going to hang out here too long, but y'all know what comes out. And he goes in to say this. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. What Jesus is saying, our words are an overflow of our heart. Where our heart is rooted will be revealed through the words in which we use. It's kind of like this. Depending on what kind of seeds you plant will determine what kind of fruit is yielded. And what Jesus is saying and that what Solomon is really going to remind us of is this, is that if our heart has been transformed, then our word should reflect our heart. And let me just say, as we talk over the next few moments, I pray that your heart will be open to whatever it is the Lord has said to you, what he is trying to reveal to you. Because this is not a message for somebody else. I don't want to see you elbowing your spouse or your friend And say, hey, you need to listen to this. Everybody needs to listen to this. Not because I have something to say, but because I feel like the Lord has a word for you today that can help you in relationships, that can help you navigate even better. And so my prayer for us is that we are able to lean in and that we will be open to what the Holy Spirit desires to do in this place. So if you would, right where you are, if you're watching online, let's pray together. Jesus. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're not most concerned with our behavior, but you're most concerned about our heart. Father, may we walk with you. 
May we be open to you. May our walls fall down. May we not try to come up with a defense to excuse our behavior, but may we be open to the transformative power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, may we be different when we leave this place because we had an encounter with you. Jesus, we love you. May we reflect you and may we walk with you. We pray all these things in your awesome and amazing name. Amen. So today, as we navigate, I thought, you know what? A good way to navigate this is to use music to drive the point home. So the message today is changing the track on your words. And so before every point, you get the privilege of me singing to you. Thank you, my man. Thank you. And we're going to be on a journey together. Why? Because either music can be a sweet sound or a sour note. Amen. And that is true of our words. And I want for us, as we navigate this, to be reminded day in and day out that our words reflect our heart. So we're going to go on a journey together. And so before I sing my first song, I need to get in the mood and prepared. Um, hopefully Daniel won't be mad that I'm about to use his guitar. Now, some of you are thinking, I didn't know Nick knew how to play guitar. I don't. I don't. <laughs> but it just feels right. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this feels like I'm, I really am a singer, even though I am not. And so... Here we go. Are you ready to journey together and change the track on our words? <clears throat> La. <clears throat> it's hard going after Daniel and Rebecca, but we're going to just lean in, y'all. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> My stupid mouth has got me in trouble. I said too much again. Today over dinner yesterday. I could see she was offended. She said, well, anyway, just dying for subject change. Oh, another social tragedy. Mm. Score one more for me. How could I forget? Mama said, think before speaking, no filter in my head. Oh, what's a boy to do? I guess I better find out soon. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I mean, the clapping really helped me feel it, y'all. Thank you. I really appreciated that. But listen, real, real talk, though. How many of us have found ourselves in that place where we're going, my stupid mouth, again? It has tripped me up. It has said something that I did mean to say, but I didn't mean for it to come across that way, even though I did mean for it to come across that way, but I don't like the results of what I have said. We have all found ourselves in a place where we say the exact thing we wanted to say, and we wanted to be strong, and we wanted it to be hurtful, and it did the exact thing that we wanted it to do. But yet, there are shambles left in the wake of our words. There is a better way to navigate. Proverbs 10, 19 says this. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. Let me say that again. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Another way to say this, I had a pastor that said it this way to me. He said, Nick, sometimes when you find yourself in a hole, drop the shovel. Think before you speak. Let me say it again. Think 
before you speak. Something good for us all to practice while we're having a conversation, while we're in the midst of communicating with people, and they might say something that we don't like or that stings a little bit and that might hurt our feelings. Typically, most of us want to respond if we feel hurt to hurt back. But there might be a better way. Maybe before you respond, you should practice this small little thing that will help you out. Pausing. Pause and think. I have never once regretted pausing before I said something. I have often regretted saying something too quickly that ends up being very hurtful. We have to be a people that think and pause before we respond and before we speak. Because think about how your words have impacted every relationship that you have, for the good or for not so good. Think about your working relationships. Think about maybe your marriage. Think about friends, maybe someone you're dating. All of our relationships are impacted by the words that we use. And here's the other thing. You can apologize for the words that you use, but they still leave a mark on people. Like you can go, hey, I'm sorry, and that person will forgive you, but it has definitely left a mark. Think about this. You can probably remember a lot of negative things people have said to you, can't you? You could have been in third grade, and I remember what they said to me. You could be last week. I remember what that person said to me. Yes, they asked for forgiveness, but yet their words left a mark. And hear me in this. I'm not just talking about the words you use with people in person, but I'm also talking about the words you use on social media and online. Oh, here we go. Because last time I checked, and as I've been walking with Jesus, who I am online should be the same person I am in person. And here's what's interesting. Sometimes it is easy to let your words be weapons online. If someone doesn't agree with you or someone says something that you do not like, it is very easy to just type something and think that it has no consequence. Listen, everybody, hear me. If you are someone who has surrendered your life to Jesus, if you are a Christian, if you bear the name of the king, then wherever you are, whatever you're doing should reflect the king, even on social media. Even if the person that is talking is way wrong, your words should still reflect the king. And don't be somebody who will quote a scripture and then tear somebody down in the next breath. Do not do that. Because I want you to understand something. When you allow people to see that you are a Christ follower, they are watching to see if your words are matching up with your walk. And you might be going, Nick, do you expect me to be perfect? No, I don't expect you to be perfect, but I do expect you to be new and redeemed. I do expect for us as a people of God who have been called to give off the aroma of the king to at least try to reflect that in all seasons. And if we don't, we're people that are quick to apologize. Hey, I'm sorry. That was strong. Please forgive me. That is the invitation we have been given. We have to be a people that think and pause before we respond. Because listen, there is more at stake than just hurt feelings, y'all. Sometimes with our words, we can either usher people and lead people to the king or drive a wedge between them and the king. 
Your words have power. So we have to leverage them well. And sometimes the best thing we can do is just pause and think before we speak. Track number two, y'all ready? The smile on your face lets me know that you need me. There's a truth in your eye saying you'll never leave me. A touch of your hand lets me, <laughs> says you'll catch me if I ever fall. Oh. Now you say it best. When you say nothing at all. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. That is Allison Krauss in Union Station. I know it's a remake, but man, the first time I heard that song was Allison Krauss. And some of y'all are like, man, you listen to Allison Krauss, y'all. I listen to everything from Willie Nelson to Tupac. So I'm just, don't try to put this brother in the box. I listen to it all. I saw just amen over there. Oh, amen, Tupac. Anyways. <laughs> Proverbs. 13.3 says this, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Y'all need to underline that. You need to highlight it. Some of y'all need to write it on your mirror when you get home, put it on your car steering wheel. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Solomon is speaking from a place of experience because you know this brother has said something to one of his many wives that it did not go well. She almost snatched him bald headed and he's going, listen, listen to me. If you guard your mouth, you will preserve your life. He who opens wide his lips come to ruin. I know we have been a people that have lived this out. We're like, oh, I, I, I almost got drop kicked by my friend. That was not good. But this is so true. Here's the takeaway. Listen before you speak. And listen more than you speak. Let me say it again, because I didn't see enough pins moving right there. Listen before you speak, and listen more than you speak. Abraham Lincoln says it this way. Better to remain silent and be thought of fool than to speak out and remove all doubt. Amen. Thank you, Mr. President. My mama would say this, Nick, the reason you are given two ears and one mouth is because you should be listening twice as much as you are speaking. Y'all, I'm still in process with this because I like my words. And I want you to hear all the words I have to say. But sometimes the best thing for me to do is to listen and not say anything at all. Think about how has it gone when you have spoken before you have listened? How's it going in your relationships? How's it going with your coworkers? How's it going with your spouse? How's it going with your kids? When you have all the words, but you have not engaged your ears in the conversation. Guys, dialogue is a two-way thing, not a one-way thing. If you're doing all the talking, guess what? That's called a monologue, not a dialogue. And so we have to be a people that listen why? Because when you listen to people, you can see people even better. To be heard is to be seen. And we have to be a people that listen. So how do we get better at listening? Two things, and they're very simple. The first way, how do we get better at being wise and listening, is we need Jesus. That would be a good place for amen. 
Yo, we need Jesus. What do I mean by that? You're like, Nick, of course you said that. Yeah, of course I said that. What does that mean? That means you look at the way that Jesus did life, how he treated people, how he loved people, how he spoke truth with love, always married together, how he navigated the tension really, really well. And we are called to be a people that go and do likewise. That's the invitation. If you don't know how to do something or you're confused about how you should live, go look at the king and follow the one with the crown. We need Jesus. We have to fix our eyes on the king. And the other thing we need to do is we need his body, the church. Guys, we need each other. Can I just say that? We do. You are far better in community than you are by yourself. When we talk about gathering, when we talk about small groups, it is not because we're trying to add something else to your plate. We know that you don't have a lot of time, but we also know that we want something best for you. And what is best for you is doing life in community. Why? Because there are people that you're going to walk and do life with that can speak truth into your life that will help you navigate the journey all the better. We need each other. That is why we gather. Who do you need to listen to this week? Who do you need to engage your ears and put a pause on your lips? Who is that this week? And may I also say this, make sure those who you are listening to are rooted in the right thing. Because people got a lot of opinions about all kinds of stuff. But listen, I don't want your opinion. I want some truth. So make sure the people you're listening to are rooted in the word of God, we have to be a people that listen. Y'all, I am getting better in this, but I have not arrived in this. When we first moved to Nashville, me and my wife found ourselves in a hard position. Um, and I say hard position. She didn't like me that much because I was not listening to her. We were in this position where we had these two beautiful babies. They were 18 months apart. She was full-time teaching as a fourth-grade teacher. And we kept having this conversation. She would say to me, Nick, I can't keep doing this. Nick, I'm worn out. Nick, I feel like I'm not a good teacher and I'm not a good mother. Nick, I feel like I need to stop teaching so I can focus on the invitation that the king has given me just to be a full-time mom right now. And every time she would say that to me, I already had my response ready. Can I tell you, I'm learning that if you're trying to formulate a response, that's not listening. That's called formulating a defense. We have been called to listen and engage. And I was not able to hear because I already had the answer. Well, Laura, this is what I'm saying. Hey, well, Laura, you know our bills. You know my salary alone. We can't afford to do this. So, Laura, I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to keep working. And so we would have this conversation monthly, then it would be weekly, then it would be daily, and then sometimes it would be more than once a day. And so finally, I wish I could say that I finally listened to the Holy Spirit and said, Laura, I hear you, my dear sweet wife, my gift. I hear the struggle in your voice, and I'm going to meet you where you are. We'll figure it out together. That wasn't it, y'all. That wasn't the way I responded. How I responded was, quit your job. And she's like, what am I going to do? I was like, I don't know, but I can't keep having this conversation. So I didn't respond in grace and love, and I really was just frustrated with the conversation. So a few weeks later, I remember it, I got this really well-typed-out email from my wife. And it went like this. Hey, babe, 
I just want to thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for loving me so well. I talked to my principal today, and I told her that I wasn't coming back to work next year. Thank you for seeing me and hearing me and joining me on the journey. I love you so much. Thank you, Laura. Y'all, I got that email. It did not bring me joy. Because in my head, to be honest with you, in my head, I thought she would keep working. But then when she sent me the email, I was like, oh, take the wheel, Jesus. And here's what's funny, and I don't tell you this because I'm saying this is going to be your story, but here's what's interesting about that moment. See, for me, after I read that email, I got this phone call from this pastor north of Nashville. And the conversation went something like this. Hey, Nick, we have some mutual friends in common. We've been praying about who needs to fill this student pastor position we have open. And I just feel like the Lord wants for you to come up here. And so I would love to talk about that situation. I would love to talk with you about what it looks like for you and your family to come up here and be a part of this new family. And I just would love for you to consider it. And I remember hanging up the phone and just thinking to myself, so let me get this straight. The Lord knows what he's doing. And that sounds kind of crazy, right? But like, in the meanwhile, not only did I need to listen to my sweet wife who was trying to share her heart with me, but I also probably need to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, didn't I? Because he's speaking. He speaks through his word. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through other people. But I had already determined how we were going to navigate. And when I got that phone call, I was just like, whoa, so I could have navigated this in a different way? I could have maybe allowed my wife to feel seen and heard before this moment. I could have engaged the Holy Spirit with leading me and giving me wisdom, and I could have listened to his voice already, and the answer is yes. Not only do we need to listen to one another, guys, but we also need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is revealed through Scripture, which is revealed to, through others in prayer. Because sometimes we go, Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, I want some wisdom, but yet we're not reading this word. And the Lord's like, I already told you what to do. Just go and do it. We have to be a people that listen. So here's a question. Who do you need to listen to this week? Maybe for some of us, it's people around us, or maybe for some of us, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit that is revealed through his word. Track number three. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, the medicine go down, medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in the most delightful way. My girl Mary Poppins, come on. Uh, who knew Julie Andrews was a theologian? But she is, y'all. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says this. A soft answer turns away wrath. Let me, let me read that a little bit slowly because I want you to don't miss that. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. When we speak up, we need to build up. When we speak up, we need to build up. 
We have to be a people that marry truth and love together. But we also need the people that lead with the love part. See, I've heard people say, I just love truth. That just really sounds to me that you mean. Because a lot of people that say that they just love the truth don't really couple that with love. And so hear me. I can't typically receive your truth if it's mean or if it's hateful. But I can receive your truth when you cover it in love. That doesn't mean that we don't have hard conversations. It doesn't mean that we're not allowed to disagree. What that means is we model what we have seen our king do and we present the words with truth and love. Because listen, I want your heart to be able to receive the truth that I feel like the Lord is leading me to say to you. And it's hard for the soil of your heart to be open and ready for a seed of the Lord if I do not deliver it in a manner that you can receive it. We have been called to be a people that do speak up, but also a people that build up. I can disagree with you and not talk down to you. I can, we can not be on the same page about an issue, but I can still have a conversation with you in love. I don't have to agree with you to be nice to you. Let me say that again. I don't have to agree to be nice and to be loving. We can be a people that speak up and build up. We can be kind as our king has been kind to us. Because think about it. Even though we were far away from the king, how did he meet us? Right where we are with love. And he goes, hey, listen, this isn't best for you. You running after your own ways is not best for you. I invite you to walk a new way. And I have made a way through my love that allows you to have life and life to the full. We have been called to go and do likewise. Yes, we can confront one another. Yes, we can be honest with one another. But let us not forget to couple that with love. And here's the deal. You have the power and the person of the Holy Spirit within you that gives you wisdom and discernment. So sometimes it's as simple as us praying. Another great theologian said this, we got to pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. Pray, right? That theologian is MC Hammer. Some of you young people are like, what was that? We've got to pray. Listen, we should be in constant communication with the king. And again, remember that conversation is dialogue, not monologue. We're not telling the king all the things that he needs to hear, but we're people that listen to the king and go and do likewise. We have been called to pause, to listen, to build up, and to pray. That's the invitation. And for some of us, we go, but Nick, you don't know how I was raised. Nick, you don't know what I experienced. In my house, we were heavy on the truth and light on the love. Nick, in my house, we would just say what we need to say and not worry about the impact our words would make. And I would say to you, that is not okay. If you have been changed by the blood of Jesus and you have been called a son or a daughter of the king, then you have a new identity. So no longer are we a people that talk about how we used to do it because how we used to do it should have no bearing now because we have a new way of doing things. Why? Because we have been made new 
We have not just been made better, everybody. We have been made new. So to hold on to old living when you have been made new just seems a bit off, doesn't it? And can I also say this to you with all the love in my heart, and I want you to be able to hear this. Just because your parents did it that way doesn't make it the right way. Because here's the truth. I'm a parent, so I feel like I can speak into this. Parents are not perfect. They're still in process. And so maybe your parents handled it one way, but maybe there's a better way for you to handle it. And check this out. Maybe your kids will get even better in the way they handle things. And maybe their kids will get even better in the way that, y'all see what's going on here? See, but if we keep holding on to old ways, we are never going to walk in the freedom in the new way that the king has invited us to walk in. And when we walk in this new way, I'm telling you, we're reflecting the king even better. And we are giving life and not inserting death into our relationships. Maybe it is time to let go of old things and embrace that the king is doing a new thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if you've been familiar with church for a while, you probably have heard this verse. If you're new to this or you're just kind of figure out what Jesus is all about, this is a grand invitation. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Let me read that again. Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. This is a picture of what Jesus did at the tomb of Lazarus. He called Lazarus to life, and he told him to take off his grave clothes. Because why, when you are alive, you don't need grave clothes anymore. So sometimes those grave clothes need to be laid down, and we need to put on something that is new. We need to put on the helmet. We need to grab the sword. We need to put on the belt. We need to embrace the breastplate, and we need to walk differently. Why? Because we have a new identity. And let our words reflect our transformed heart, because this is not about behavior modification. It is about heart transformation. And the only way that happens is when we surrender our heart to the king. So maybe for you, you may have thought, man, my words are not good. I don't live right. I don't, won't ever get this right. Can I just tell you what I love about our king is he meets you right where you are. He doesn't say clean yourself up before you come into my presence. He says, no, I'm not afraid of a little dirt. I'll step into the midst of your mess and I will display a miracle. That's what the king does. So maybe for you, you might go, man, I've hurt so many relationships with my words. They have not come from a good place. They have not built up. They've only torn down. Listen, what I love is that today you have an opportunity to turn from the old way and to embrace a new way. And maybe for you, maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while, but yet your words are leaving a wake behind you. Maybe today is the day where you ask for forgiveness and walk in a different way. I don't know what your next step is, but I do know this. Everybody has a next step. What is yours today? If you would, right where you are, I want you to bow your heads. 
Jesus, I know that in this place and online that there are people that have not yet said yes to the invitation that you have given to each and every one of us to dine at your table and to become as a son or a daughter of the king. But Father, maybe in this moment, they desire to do that. And if they could say something like this right here and right now, dear Jesus, I do not understand it all. Nobody does. But in the best way I know how, I say yes to the perfect life that you lived. I say yes to the sacrifice that you gave on a cross, paying a debt I was unable to pay myself. I say yes to the fact that three days later, you were resurrected from the grave, providing for me a way to overcome sin and death through your completed work on the cross. I say yes. I give you my heart. And I want you to be king of my life. If you said something like that to the king right here and right now, on the authority of God's word, not Nick's opinion and Nick's wisdom, but the authority of God's word, it says that you will be saved. Another way to say that is you have taken your seat at the table of the king and you have become a son or a daughter of the king. Maybe you find yourself in a place right now where you need to apologize to some that you have allowed your words to mow down, to hurt. Maybe you just need to go to them after this or right now and say, you know what, I am sorry. Maybe you need to invite the Holy Spirit into your conversations that you have with people. Maybe you need to take a posture of listening before you speak. Jesus, my prayer is that we will reflect you even better, that the way that we live our lives will be a perfect invitation to those around us that says there is a king who's on this throne and they are inviting them to the table. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, let our words reflect you and may our hearts be transformed. And Lord, we just thank you. Have your way in us and through us. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen.